Thank you for tuning into Weathering the Storm podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. That's scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our goal is to help us weather the storms of life by looking to and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. Here is your host, Drew Suttles. Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you for spending some time with me today, and I hope and pray that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm. Please remember, if you haven't already, uh, to go and to like us on Facebook at Scattered Abroad Network. Find us on Instagram. Go to our website, scatteredabroad.org. And as always, we request that you will pray for this effort as we're striving to spread the gospel through this avenue of a podcast. In this season of Weathering the Storm, we are in season three, but season one on Scattered Abroad, we are looking at biblical examples of individuals who face the storms of life and were able to weather them and overcome them by placing their faith in God. And so we can look at their examples and hopefully be able to apply what they did to our lives in hopes that it will help us overcome the difficulties of life. We are in the midst of a series right now, a five-part series on the prophets. We began this series by examining the example of Isaiah, the prince of the prophets, who certainly had to weather many storms. We then discussed and studied about Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, and all that he went through. In our last episode, we examined Ezekiel, and all that that he had to do as the watchman, as we focused in on chapter 3. But today we come to part 4 in our series, and we examine the prophet Daniel. Uh, Daniel is is one of my heroes because of his great faith and his great resolve that he had, and we're going to see that today, that he certainly had to weather a lot of storms. He faced a lot of difficulty, and no doubt he was one of the most faithful men that we can read about in the Scriptures. So let's get right into our study today. We want to begin like we've been doing in this series with a background of the individual, and then we want to go to the book that bears that individual's name, look at a text, a chapter, an event, and glean some lessons from that. Daniel's name means God is my judge. He was of the royal family, and therefore he was of the tribe of Judah. He was taken into Babylonian captivity during the first wave. You remember in our last episode, I mentioned to you the importance of remembering the three dates, 606 B.C., 597 B.C., and 586 B.C. And those three dates are the three ways of captivity in which the southern kingdom of Judah was taken by Babylon into captivity. And so Daniel went with the very first wave. And so imagine what he had to be going through. Most commentators believe that Daniel was 15 to 18 years old when he was carried into captivity, and he lived to be anywhere from 85 to 90. And so think about all he saw in those 90 years, the different uh, kingdoms, the different kings, the different nations that would rise and fall. Of course, the dreams and the visions that he had that we read about in this book, just certainly incredible to think about the life that he lived and all that he saw. Uh, Daniel was given a good and thorough education especially in speaking and writing the Chaldean language. And we learn that from Daniel 1 and verse 4. These men were given three years of training, Daniel 2, 27 and 28, 
And so no doubt he was well-trained, well-versed. Uh, he was able to, to speak fluently, a very knowledgeable a young man, very, very impressive young man, uh, as we read about him in the opening chapters of the book. In Daniel chapter 2 and verse 48, we read that the king made Daniel a great man and made him ruler over Babylon because he saw in Daniel that he was a man of great ability. So again, a man with great potential, uh, just just a, a good head on his shoulders, we might say. And that was Daniel. Later on in chapter 4, we learn that Daniel would interpret another dream of Nebuchadnezzar. We, we think about Nebuchadnezzar being one of the most powerful men in the world. And yet I, I believe he had a great respect for Daniel. And he would, of course, we think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego there in chapter 3 in the fiery furnace. And we see how Nebuchadnezzar responds to that. But in chapter 4, when he's able to interpret that dream, we see what happened with Nebuchadnezzar, how he was greatly humbled. And no doubt he learned that the Most High rules in the kingdoms of men and gives them to whomsoever he will. A lesson that we would be, uh, it would be good for us to remember that. God is the one who's in control. He's the one who sets those in authority in that position. And so, but, but let's remember that. Whoever's on the throne, whoever's in the office, whoever's uh, serving in that capacity of leadership, God's the one that put them there. God's the one in control. Daniel lived through the captivity. As we mentioned, he lived to be 85 or, or possibly 90 years old. But during that time, he faced a lot of opposition. I mentioned to you that he saw the rise and fall of several world powers, the two of which that we think about in this text is Babylon and Medo-Persia. And we have King Nebuchadnezzar and King Darius there with the, with the Persians. And so he, he, he saw a lot, and he had to weather a lot of storms, which is why I believe he serves as a great example for us in this season and in this study. There are three great miracles recorded in the book of Daniel. The first one we've already mentioned, the deliverance of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. That's in chapter 3. In chapter 5, the handwriting on the wall. You may recall that, and we see God uh, just a very powerful display of him letting them know that he's the one who's in control, and if they don't submit to him, they will pay a heavy price. But then the third great miracle, the one that we want to focus on today, is Daniel being delivered from the lion's den. And that's recorded in Daniel chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to that great chapter. And our goal today is to examine two main points from this text about Daniel and how he was able to weather the storm. And again, as we make the application at the end of our episode, I believe it'll help us as well. Number one, as we begin, we want to focus on verses 1 through 17. Read these together and keep this point in mind. Daniel obeyed God rather than men. Daniel obeyed God rather than men. Let's read verses 1 through 17 together. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them, so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. And listen to verse 4. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. It's a good definition of what it means to be blameless. 
You know, Dana wasn't sinlessly perfect because nobody is. Jesus was the only one that could make that claim and lived a perfectly uh, sinless life. But we do read that Daniel was faithful, and I find that encouraging. There's a difference between being sinlessly perfect and being faithful. We cannot be sinlessly perfect. It's not going to happen. But we can and we must be faithful. And here we see that Daniel, they could not find any fault in him. They could not find any error, no charge, because he was faithful. And so we learn right off the bat that he was faithful to his God. Verse 5, these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So let's twist this around. Let's try to put him in a difficult spot, basically, is what they are plotting right now. In verse 6, So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors, advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for thirty days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree, sign the writing, so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. You see how evil people can be. It it reminds us of Joseph. It reminds us of, of course, Jesus. We can go on and think of so many examples of individuals out of hatred, out of spite for those who are striving to do the right thing doing whatever they can do to put them in a difficult spot. And no doubt that's what's happening with Daniel, who is suffering wrong for doing right, a theme that we find throughout the Scripture. But now let's get into verse 10, because this is where this point comes out about him obeying God rather than men. Now when Daniel knew, if you like to circle or highlight or underline in your Bible, I want to give you three, uh, two words and a phrase in verse 10, that I want you to highlight or circle. And when you can see these together, it really shows where Daniel's faith was. The first one is that word knew. When Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. He didn't go home to to pout. He didn't go home and say, well, I guess I'm just going to give up. He went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, He knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed. There's the second word. So the first word is new. The second one is prayed. Circle or highlight or underline that word, those words. And he gave thanks before his God. And here's the phrase I want you to circle or highlight. As his custom since early days. Nothing changed for Daniel, even though this law had been passed. Brethren, I want us to think about that. There are a lot of folks right now, because of the laws that are being passed in the United States of America, the different things that are happening, we need to learn from Daniel that we need to keep on going. Nothing should change for the child of God. He knew this writing was signed. He knew what was taking place. And how did he respond to it? He obeyed God rather than men. Of course, the New Testament update is Acts 5.29. And the disciples there, the apostles, the early church, as they went through heavy persecution, they came to this same conclusion. We ought to obey God rather than men. And the same is true today. So here we we learn about Daniel and the great faith that he had. And I want to share this with you. These are from my notes from the Memphis School of Preaching. Some of the characteristics of Daniel that we find. And we piece these together. And we just see someone who was so faithful to his God and one who obeyed him no matter what. 
He was a man of conviction, Daniel 1.8. He purposed in his heart that he wouldn't have no place with these things that were ungodly. He was a man of flawless character, as we just read, Daniel 6, 4, and 5. He was greatly beloved by God, Daniel 9, 23, as well as 10, 11, and 12. He gave the honor and glory for his accomplishments to God, Daniel 2, 26-28, as well as 5, 17, and 18. He was a man of prayer, Daniel 6, 10, and 11, as well as 9, 3, and 4. And to sum it up, he was a man of faith, Daniel 6, 23. Let's continue in our text, picking up in verse 11. These men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. They went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that that every man who petitions any god or man within thirty days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who was one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, for the decree or the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. He labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him in the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. A very powerful text, and when we think about what Daniel went through we talk about weathering a storm. Could you imagine being cast into a lion's den? Could you imagine being dropped down to this location, knowing that you have done nothing wrong? Again, I mentioned Joseph earlier. I, I couldn't help but think about him. In an episode three of this season, we talked about Joseph and his example, one who suffered wrong for doing right. You remember, he was, t- he was put down into a pit. He didn't do anything wrong. Well, here we see Daniel being taken down in this this den of lions, suffering wrong for doing right. But you know what? He obeyed God rather than men. His faith never wavered. It did not matter what they tried to do to him. It did not matter what they tried to sign. It didn't even matter that he was in the face of, of death. Here we see Daniel obeying God rather than men. And that brings us to our second point, our final point in this episode. As we move on to the end of the, uh, this text, verses 18 through 23 is what we want to focus on. And keep this point in mind. We notice in the first place that Daniel obeyed God rather than men. But number two, let's notice that Daniel was protected by God because of his faithfulness. He was protected by God because of his faithfulness. Let's read this together. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No musicians were brought before him. Also, his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning, reminds us of Matthew 28, and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? 
Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him. Why? Here's the reason. Because he believed in his God. Because of his faithfulness, he was protected and he was delivered. What a, a powerful account. One of the, the great accounts of the scripture. One that we've, we've known since we were young children, but one that never gets old. It's always thrilling and it's just so powerful to see that God is able to deliver his people. And no doubt we learned that from Daniel. He, he certainly weathered a lot of storms. This might have been the, the most challenging. What's he going to do in this situation? He's going to obey God. He's going to trust in him. He's going to stay faithful. And how does God respond? He protects him. And that's what we find all throughout Scripture. God will never leave his children. He will never forsake his children. And as we stay faithful to him, and as we continue to obey him, we can have that assurance that he'll be with us. You know, in Psalm 37 and verse 25, the psalmist said, I've been young and now I'm old, and I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That statement can be made by every child of God. In Romans 8 verse 28, we find that whatever our circumstances are, God's going to bring it about for our ultimate good. All things work together for good to those who love God those who are the called according to his purpose, those who continue to seek him, those who continue to obey him and stay faithful, God's going to work it out for your good and to his ultimate glory. And of course, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, God is not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What shall man do unto me? You know, Daniel could have uttered those exact words, couldn't he? And certainly that would apply. Speaking of how it applies, what is the application as we bring our study to a close? You know, we may never have to face being thrown into a lion's den for our faith, but we may face persecution for our beliefs. In fact, we ought to expect it. All those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, 2 Timothy 3.12. It might not be to the same degree, but we may certainly face difficulties. How will we respond? In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, the Apostle Paul, certainly one who, who had to weather a lot of storms, one who faced all kinds of difficulties, notice what he said here. And I think there's a, an interesting application, really, if you can look back to what we just focused on in Daniel and then focus in on our lives. He said, yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Did you notice the word deliver used in the past, present, and future tense? God delivered us, he does deliver us, and he will deliver us. Brethren and friends, we need to have that same trust, that same confidence in God. That's the confidence Daniel had. That's the confidence Paul had. That's the confidence every faithful child of God needs to have. And that'll help us to weather the storms that we face. A final point of application as we, as we close is that it is very possible that in our lifetime we will be asked not to worship publicly. It's very, very possible that an executive order could be signed in the next few months, next few years, 
that says religious freedom is no longer going to be practiced in this country, that the church doors are to be locked, and that no one is allowed to go and worship. How will we respond to that storm if it comes our way? I hope and pray we'll remember this example of Daniel, that we ought to obey God rather than men, and that if we will obey God and stay faithful to God, God will protect us, God will deliver us, and ultimately, God will take us home to be with Him forever in heaven. I hope and pray that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm. May God bless you, and as always, to God be the glory. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.